0: Please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading this book will make you dangerous. And now, let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is Men's Coach Trip Lemire. Is your relationship like
1: tolerating a rock in your shoe? Do you find yourself looking for greener grass when a problem shows up with your partner? And do you think you could get an erection while standing on the 50-yard line during the Super Bowl? Jason Gaddis is the founder of The Relationship
0: School. Today, we talk about what makes our relationship so draining, what it means to become a relationship warrior, and what your erection, or lack of one,
1: is trying to tell you. You can learn more about his new program for men by visiting relationshipschool.com slash new man.
2: Thanks for doing this, dude. Yeah, for sure.
1: I'm I'm yeah. excited to, to reconnect. I I got your the email and the, checked out this thing and I and I the first thing I did was just kind of go through memory lane. I was like, man, we. And through a lot together, you know? It's like, what was yeah. it, 2005 we met, I think? And then I joined the men's group with you and that whole cast of characters. Um, and so I was thinking about this relationship piece, and I was thinking about how we've kind of gone through that in our lives together, you know, mm-hmm. parallel courses, and yeah. then stepped into working with men. We created that men's group 101 thing. We created, uh, you know, just... We've had, we've, you've been on the podcast a lot and then we've gone on our own paths here as coaches and and, and you've had your path as well. So I just was appreciating, you know, kind of where we've been. Do you ever think about that? Like where where this all started yeah. and where, where we come from?
2: Yeah, totally. And you just brought me kind of back into it. So it feels good to like, right. Oh my God, that long,
1: you know? We were kind of coaching each other like, all right, man, what are we going to do this week with our, our coaching business and our practice? Like we were even like, even oh, at yeah. that point, like trying to just get our yep. legs underneath this as professionals there. We yeah. knew that, you know, especially you, you had done so much work, you know, training wise to, to really hone your craft. But then there was the business aspect of it that you were working on. And I just remember like, Oh, look at it. Look at it now, man. Looking, yeah. Getting, looking good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. And you were actually one of the, the people that helped me kind of, uh, move transition from psychotherapy to coach. So that, that was very helpful for me. You introduced right. me to that coactive coaching book and um, I was like, coaching, what, what, what really is that? And you started kind of explaining it to me. So mm. thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you had a, you had a, you had a steam in practice, you were going well, but it seemed like it was, it wasn't all encompass. It, It didn't quite encompass all that you could bring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was attracting too many victims and I, I just needed a shift.
1: Yeah. Victims, yep. meaning a victim mindset, right? The like, victim mindset. Yeah. yeah. People stuck in that train. Poor me. Something's going to come along and save me.
2: Yeah, That's rescue tough, me.
1: Those are those are tough folks to work with.
2: Yeah, don't do their homework. Come back the same next week with the same complaint. You know
1: that doesn't fly with you. It doesn't fly with me. I know it doesn't fly with you. No, like, I can't do this. No. Um, and you were there. You were there when my daughter was being born. You you brought me some junk food, and then I asked. Oh my for. god,
2: dude! Yeah, that was the last time I went to McDonald's. <laughs>
1: That was probably the last time I ate McDonald's. I remember I felt so awful, but for some reason, I just wanted something comfortable. My dad, well, Allison had been in labor for like 30 hours or something. I was like, yeah, I need something, man. Yeah. I just want something that you're feels... Like,
2: like, I was like, what can I get you? And you're like, two egg McMuffins, cheese, bacon, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, done. As soon as I ate that, I was like, that was such a bad choice. <laughs> I walked into McDonald's. I was like, uh, this isn't for me, but my friend wants... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Sure. Sure, it's not for Sounds you.
1: Funny. <laughs> Everybody says that. Um, all right, so you've been running the relationship school. How long you been
2: doing that? Uh, we started in twenty sixteen formally with our first class.
1: Twenty sixteen formally yep. first. Is
2: this is all online, or
1: was this? Would did you start out in person?
2: Well, I started. You know, from men's groups, I really started transitioning to relationship groups in person, and then I kept wanting to lengthen the timeout. And then I finally realized like, okay, I did a couple of men's trainings that were six months long. And then I was like, God, I, I wish this was just a little longer, a couple of live components and some virtual support. And so we created, yeah, the first training was nine months long, two live events beginning and an end, and then virtual group coaching, teaching classes throughout Okay. every week. And you've been hitting the the
1: pedal pretty hard since, since then.
2: Yeah, man, it's been, it's been growing fast and strong. And, uh, we've had, we're in our fifth class now, fifth cohort of students moving through. And then I'm also simultaneously that first year I knew that this was a kind of a good idea and that I would need help. So I started training people to be facilitators and coaches at the same time to help me deal with kind of the future and deal with holding more of these courses. So now we've trained, um, we've got 21 certified relationship coaches from our school and, um, and some of those people help lead classes. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah.
1: I, I'm curious because we both have specialized in working with men in a, in, a, in, a, in a big way. And so when guys are going through this relationship course, like what do you see going on for them? What's, what's, what are they complaining about? How do, how do you know that's like, oh, okay, this is, this is, these are the typical things that guys are bringing to you. And this is why they've wanted to work with you or, or take, take
2: part in one of your relationship courses. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, as you probably know, the biggest overarching theme is just relationship pain. There's the, there's disconnection in the relationship. There's not sex. There's uh, too much fighting. There's a lot of blame going both ways. And somehow, some way this guy's aware enough to admit he's got something to learn. And so he, you know, it it takes a certain kind of man to sign up for a $6,000 program around relationships. So he's already done maybe therapy. He's already least self-aware enough to go, shit, maybe I'm part of the problem here. Um, and this is painful enough and it's gone on for so many years that I, am going to do something about it. Um, and so it's, it's usually like the overarching thing is just relationship discontent, you know, and, uh, just lack of satisfaction, feeling really stressed out, like stress. if If you drill down into a guy's world, it seems like he doesn't like how it feels right at home. Or mm-hmm. in, in his relationship. And then so he goes and has a beer or he goes out on his mountain bike or in the ocean and he feels better because he's away from the stressor, which is his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he feels better. And so, you know, if he was like me, I concluded that it must be her. Right. Because when I'm not with her, I feel better. Um, but then, that you know, as you know, the stress doesn't go anywhere. So I'd say stress is, is probably one of the biggest things.
1: So instead of the relationship feeling like an alliance or something that's the wind at his back, it feels like something that's in his face and it's holding him back in some way. But I like how you said that is because most of us are still stuck in that. We, we, this is where we will create drama. This is where we will get in a victim mindset. We won't even know it. We'll just be like, my wife's the problem. My relationship's the problem. It's not my problem. I'm not, you know, she's this, if she would just do X, Y, Z, then this wouldn't be a problem, but she is a pain in the ass because of ABC, she won't have sex with me because of this and that she won't do this with the money. So what am I supposed to do? So they go, whatever they go, they go find their way to distract themselves instead of t- leaning into it. So it does t- the the mindset you're pointing to is like, wait a second. What's it look like for me to take responsibility here?
2: Yeah. What's it look like for right. me
1: to say, you know what, I've got a role in this. I can, it can't all be on me. It's a it's a co created thing. But I gonna I want to make sure I keep my side of the street clean. I want to do my work on this. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You got it, man. I okay. mean, it's about like the the language we use here at the school is you become a relational leader, and this is really true in any area of your life. Like a a leader of your health, a health leader is if you're you know you're the one common denominator of that problem. So. The very first step is to submit and admit that you don't know shit about relationship. And that's that's a big step, right? To mm-hmm. like raise your hand and say, I suck at this or I have something to learn here. And then like you said, step number two is to take personal responsibility. That this is your problem and you're going to do something about it. I mean, just to get to that step is pretty big. There's a lot of barriers in the way of a guy getting to that step. I don't know
1: many guys I want to admit. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I mean, that's not a very enjoyable, empowering place, especially if guys, you know, the big fear for most of us as guys is is, is showing any kind of weakness. So if I don't know something, then it's like, well, I don't want to admit that. I sure as shit don't want to see that in myself. I don't want to see that kind of weakness. I'm using that in quotes, right? But it's not really weakness. It's like, we don't grow up with this stuff. We don't don't grow up learning that maybe we saw what our parents did and just assumed that's what we're supposed to do. Or we looked at that and be like, oh, I'm going to do the opposite or whatever that is. But we never really sat down and learned like, okay, how do you do this relationship stuff?
2: Yeah, exactly. And so if you're like me, you're in the car and your wife is, you know, you're lost in a new city or somewhere. And she just says, let's just pull over and look it up on the map. And, or, you know, and I'm like, no, I know right where I'm going. It's just subtle, right? It's those little moments. I got this. Yeah. Of being like, I got this when I really don't? Yeah. How many times are you going to say, I got this relationship when you don't?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, how, <laughs> you know, it's like, and guys can tolerate, it's like the boiling frog thing, right? It's like, how long can I tolerate this dissatisfaction, yeah. this this, you know, this rock in my shoe where it's just like, uh-huh. this isn't fun. This isn't enjoyable. This doesn't feel like an alliance. This is actually taking energy away from me instead of contributing energy into my life. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's like, I, I don't. I don't want, relationships take work, they take maintenance, but that doesn't mean they've got to be the work of our lives, right? Like I want my yeah. relationship to empower me and support me to go do the work that I want to do in the world, not be, I can't get to my work in my world because I've got to go work on my relationship all the time. It's like, that's yeah. that, that's not enjoyable. I, it,
2: yeah. No, I don't want more work. I'm Period. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 10 years, dude, I had the rock in my shoe for 10 years. And another kind of obstacle that made it tough for me—that some guys, probably your listeners, can relate to—is medicating on top of that rock in the shoe. So I would just distract so that it wouldn't didn't have to feel the rock in the shoe, right? Drinking five days a week, um, doing extreme sports, yeah, um, just kind of dissociating uh, my days away, working hard, doing something other than
1: I see it with work and porn,
2: taking off the shoe, yeah, yeah. right.
1: That's a big one. It's like, oh, and, and especially with work, it's like we're rewarded for being busy. It's like, oh, look at him go; he's really kicking ass. And it's like he's actually running away from home. He doesn't really want to go home because there's yeah. there's shit that he's not dealing with there.
2: Yeah, do you? Say, are you saying that um, two of the biggest things you see guys do uh, yeah. distract wise is working porn?
1: Yeah. The the yeah. porn and porn is not so much the distraction. Uh, porn is not so much like an the outlet for sexual stuff so much as it is just a a way to get away from that anxiety, like the, the discomfort yeah. of the tension, right? It's a way to alleviate tension and to find some little piece of aliveness that distracts us for a moment from like the mundane or the, that rock in the shoe feeling. So yeah. I find less of the guys are going there to get turned on. It's, I, I notice if my porn consumption goes up, it's usually because I've got a thing I'm not taking care of in my life and I'm avoiding it. It's just this tension thing.
2: Um, Absolutely, it just becomes a my, way to like,
1: uh, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'll just go look at naked girls for a while. It's like, Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. There's yeah. a little distraction. It feels better yeah. just for a second. And then yeah. you're back to your problem, right? It's like taking a nap. Yeah. You, you wake up and you're still, the problem's still there. Like, right. shit, Right. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that, um, I objectify women way more when I'm disconnected from my wife. The moment we have a fight, those types of outlets are a lot more seductive. Um, it's, it's just when we're off, right? Mm-hmm. Something about it's off and I'm looking for like connection again or relief or like you said, that, that kind of feeling. And then, uh, there's what, that's, what's so sad now is that your phone, you can just look at your phone and get that feeling at least for a few minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you go home and there's the disconnection with your wife again. And until you know how to repair that, your porn consumption or whatever it is, is probably not going to go down that much.
1: Yeah. News. Yeah. This, this idea of reading the news yeah. and being better informed, huge distraction. Oh yeah. looks good. Looks like you're smart yeah. commenting yeah. on all this stuff, but.
2: Yeah. You can keep up. You can argue with everybody. But uh, yeah, you gotta,
1: sometimes you gotta look at it and be like, is this really me? Is this really what I'm doing with my life? Yeah. Cause you, yeah, it's like, what if you took a break for 30 days? Would, would any of that stuff really make an impact on your life? Like you took a break from the news stuff. Like, would you actually know if any of that happened or not most of the time?
2: Yeah, totally, and there, and how about another break from uh, just the social media thing? Like that's a that's another big distraction—is watching what everyone else is doing. You know, yeah. just being a spectator. Yeah, yeah, that's a yep. huge time energy suck. I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of energy for
1: that. But uh, okay, so I'm just, I'm starting to get this guy's world, and I'm starting to get where you can help him is when he's turned the corner and said, "Wait a second, I'm." In the driver's seat here, there's something about this that I can take care of on my own instead of waiting for my wife to figure this out and for her to fix it, Um then uh, what, what what can I do, right? That guy that's now, he's a, he's going to take responsibility for himself. Um, All right. So you've had this relationship, of course, but then now you've got this new thing, the relational and sexual warriorship for men. So what how is this, just right off the bat, I'm curious what's different about this than the, uh, the relationship school. Is it just because it's, it's more geared specifically at men? Is that what it is or what what's different?
2: Yeah. I mean, you probably know this, that, uh, I mean, did you ever want to see a, you know, it's like, why did you join that men's group, right? Over a mixed gender kind of support group of some kind, or why did you eventually need to seek out maybe a male therapist, right? Or a coach. Mm-hmm. There's something about, for men, there's a certain level of vulnerability that that needs to be dealt with. I think in our our own gender space. You and I talked about this in the men's group product we created many years ago, right? Is the value of it's almost like for some guys, it's just a safer place to like admit uh, what the problems are. Right. For some reason, like some guys feel safer with women, and they they don't go to men for these kind of things, yeah, and it's other good men go right to, it's safer with men, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to my wife with this, like no way. Or right. I don't want to go to women. Cause I've, I had all these women issues and baggage with my mom or whatever. So this is just a, um, a class that I, I taught that I, I really like because it's helping guys who just hang out with other guys to get empowered in the relational and sexual area. And that's why being in a men's group with you is so pivotal for me, dude, for my, it, you say this a lot, actually, one of the, one of my favorite lines from you, I think was stop going to your wife for the, all the asking your wife to do all the emotional labor or something like to be your therapist. Like you need to actually like relieve your wife of that burden sometimes by having your own coach or men's group or whatever. Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. That's. So a, I mean, that is a big thing. Most of us are kind of like, we're depending on our wives to be everything. Right. Yeah. She's not just our lover. She's also our housemate and someone who manages another our kids' lives or what. Like, there's all these roles, right? That and then it, then we pack on top. Oh, she's going to be my best buddy, and she's going to be my partner, my business partner, and she's going to do this. And it just it just escalates <laughs> and all her. this stuff. And it's like, well, no wonder why you don't really want to fuck anymore, right? It's like no wonder yeah. why things get so muddied and. Yeah, and vague about who this person is in your life, and it's like, well, we're closer than ever, and it's like, yeah, you are, but are you amping up that part of your relationship that only she can occupy? And I think yep. that's we we got to watch out where we can lose that thing, and it's just one of the things like with Allison and I, we got to be really careful because it'd be easy for us to go teach courses and do stuff together, but we're also really clear as like, do we want to spend that time with each other? Like, is it? We know what happens when we start going down that road. We just it waters down our relationship as lovers. Yep. And that's a that's a thing that we we try to really protect there. But um, the other part of what you said was just that that thing where we don't we're trying to get something from our, the women in our lives that we can only really get from men, and we don't understand that part. We don't understand that men provide this nutrition. I'll use that word right. That really th- we we're trying to grasp it and go, and we need more and more women or more and more time with them, but it just never happens because we can only really get that kind of fulfillment and that nutrition from being with men. Does yeah. that fit for your experience?
2: Yeah, that totally fits, man. I, I've done so many men's only experiences now over the years to know that t- just deeply how much it supports my marriage with my wife uh, and also my parenting as a dad. And my wife comments on this on the regular about like, thank God you have support outside of our marriage. And thank God you went and did that guy thing mm-hmm. um, because you you come back and you're you're different and you're like more there in a way, you know, like it is important as much as we sometimes make fun of the banging on the drums thing out in the woods or running around naked or whatever wild man thing you want to do. Like that's really served me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I can scream and yell and, you know, uh, hit shit or whatever I need to do and just tap into that really animalistic part of myself that quite frankly might scare her something. It's just like, feels so invigorating. And then I bring that home to my family and it feels really fucking good. Yeah. And I think
1: even on a more like, um, mainstream level guys have a hard time giving themselves permission to just go do guy shit because it, uh-huh. a, it's not right. going to be related to their, to their work and it's, and it's taking time away from family. And those are the two big sacred things in his life. So he doesn't really value. He doesn't see that, Hey, time with men. And I'm talking about real time with men, not just sitting in front of the TV, watching you know, somebody throw the ball around for two hours. I'm talking about like going out and just having fun, just playing even can yeah. be so juicy and so invigorating. You come home and it's like, oh yeah, I don't need as much for my wife. Like I can, now I've got a place where I can actually give something to her because I'm invigorated. I've got something to to, yeah. to borrow. So whether they're, they're at this stage where you are, where they enjoy that type of interaction with men, all the way to down to just knowing that time with other men on a, on a regular level doesn't have to be justified that it's actually a thing that makes your relationships and your, and your parenting stronger. I, that's a, that's a new concept for a lot of guys out there because they're so focused on work and, and family stuff and they don't give them they don't, they don't give themselves that permission. They don't see yeah. it as something that that adds to their lives.
2: Yeah, agreed. And, um, I, I would add if you can get a guy, if you're listening, instead of the two hours watching the game with your friends, go out and play the game with your friends like I think that's that's the distinction here is yeah, rather than be a spectator where you're watching someone else get in their body and feel invigorated, see if you can get out on the field, play that sport with your friends, play tackle football or ultimate frisbee or go mountain biking together or surfing together. Do something like that. That's the to me, that's the thing that I'm talking about that will get you back in yourself to the point where you bring that home and it's really attractive.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, it's funny you mentioned this because Allison this morning's like, when are you doing the next trip with your buddies? Like, when are you going? And I and I know what she's doing because I I'm turning I turn into a pain in the ass. I just start. Uh-huh, so I think I like, just get like aggressive. Like I just well, what it is like I start doing guy shit with her. Like I'm like oh interesting. I start doing like the, hey we should be like. She's like no it's not me. That's what you do with yeah. your buddies. Like and it's just like, oh, you want to be like, like I don't even know. Like just I'm saying. <laughs> So it's, she's nice. like, I oh, gotta watch She's I like, Have you ever looked? At, have you looked at tickets yet? Go go fly and see your buddies. I'm <laughs> like, What? You think I need to go? So it's like, it's great to have that support. She's not trying to get rid of me. She just knows, like, Oh, yeah, you need a hit. You need, you need right. to go get, get some nourishment.
2: So, so by when are you gonna schedule that, bro?
1: Yeah, good, good question. I have to do something this week, get something on the books. So yeah, get yeah. it lined up. All right. So let's break this down because you got, you use this word warrior. So warrior is not a, not a really common term, in, at least in the circles that I run around. So what does warriorship mean to you, especially with regards to being a relational and sexual warrior? That that raises some eyebrows. So what is that? What is warriorship?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, so I like to identify three types of men uh, in relationship. One is the wimp. The next guy's the wounded guy. And the next guy's the warrior. And the warrior is simply a guy who will actually face his problems. That's really it. Okay. So he doesn't run away from his problems. He
1: steers into it.
2: Yeah. He leans in. He says, honey, yep. Let's have a talk, honey. Yep. Oh shit. I don't know how to listen to you. Let me see if I can work on that. And actually goes and hires you or someone to help him work on his listening skills under stress, especially. And the wimp is really the doormat dude and the wounded guy's the dick. Uh, So we got the, the doormat and the dick, and then eventually he becomes the delightful, decisive guy when he's the warrior Mm -hmm. and the wounded guy is really just that that's the part of us that's really defensive and kind of narcissistic and won't reveal vulnerability. Um, so I'm, I'm trying not to show you actually my wounds and how wounded I really am because I'm defending Mm -hmm. against it. Right. So I'm, I'm wounded. Um, whereas the wimp is kind of collapsed into the shame and the, the wounded guy's more posturing over the shame. Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely, a Dude, who's gonna like go okay? I got problems, let me deal with them. Yeah, I can
1: get over myself. I can definitely relate to I've been the definitely been the the wimp, but m- I spent most I know when I when I'm not not conscious, I, I slip into that uh the wounded guy for sure. I definitely posture, yeah. puff myself oh, yeah. up. I don't need this, I'm not that you yeah, know, I can I'm just fine. hear it in my tone, I can just yeah. hear it, and then like I, I get condescending and aggressive and it's just like oh i'm that fucking kenny powers dick you know like that guy <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I, I find that fun like i find those characters funny to me because they're so over the top but there's a part of it's it like oh i can see myself if i'm if i'm in my shit that's i start to do that i start to posture in that way and it's, yeah. it's a it's ridiculous but it, it just shows yeah. up in that way
2: and it takes, it actually takes more time in your relationship because you're defending yourself. You're not admitting your weakness or the vulnerability. You've got a wall up and your guards up. And that takes its toll, man. Like I, I had a guard up for 10 years. I think I really fucked up my, you know, adrenal glands because I was so guarded. Right. It it takes this un we don't know really the hidden cost of stress on defending ourselves. So, but we all do it. i I do it plenty um but it's how how quickly can i move into a more empowered seat which is the warrior again it's just a so i'm i'm teaching guys how to be that in a partnership because i think a partnership is one of the pl- hardest places to to be ourselves and to actually um deal with another person right years and years into a marriage um that's challenging
1: yeah i think it's it's the one place where we're always going to be challenged right it's it's uh, because there's there's always an edge there to be vulnerable and I like what you said about that it um it just keeps going right it's not like oh I'm done I'm going to be I'm going to take this course right. and I'm going to be done I'm going to hire a coach and I'll be done it's like no 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 you're going to continue to get triggered from time to time it's just a matter of how quickly are you going to be able to get back up and get back in your into a seat of power and empowerment and yep. and you know respond from that place instead of being spun out for however many days or weeks or months or shits for some people it's years where they they yeah. just live in that place so So I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of guys are like, cool, this is it. I'll be, I'm going to be done. I won't have to worry about this anymore. It's like, no, no. Right. I'm on
2: the summit. High five me. We're good. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. no. Yeah. You're going to learn some skills. You You fall down, you get back up kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a black belt, right? Like, uh, I have a friend who recently got his black belt, which is an amazing accomplishment, but the word on the street is when you, as soon as you get your black belt, it's like, you just started, right? That's like your initiation into to really starting the martial arts. Right? Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, that was four or five years in. I'm just getting started. What are you talking about? Yeah. And you just take on bigger and bigger challenges. And I feel, I feel like being an entrepreneur is that way. It's like the fantasy for guys is like, okay, if I just make that million dollars, or if I just turn that corner, if I just hire that new employee, if I just, it's like, I get stuck in this, Right grass is greener mentality. And and then people do that in their partnerships too. If we just one more therapy session or this next class or that podcast, it'll all feel better. And I, I it's just never been the case, sadly.
1: <laughs> no, nothing like that works in life, right? There's no escape from effort. There's no escape from uncertainty. There's no escape from pain. So it doesn't yeah. mean you got to bring that, you know, like live in that stuff, but it's just, it creates suffering by thinking, okay, there must be something wrong with us if we're having these challenges. Like, no, that's part of life, and you can get better at dealing with them. And that's what I, I see here is like, look, you don't have to walk right. around with a freaking rock in your shoe all the time, but you also don't want to fall into this false hope that you're going to be finally be done and there's something wrong. Because I think a lot of guys get into the scary place of – especially in relationship, like, well, fuck, if there's an, if there's a challenge here, I must be in the wrong relationship. This not, must exactly. not be it. It's not in that euphoric place anymore. I could feel that euphoria with that girl over there and then it might be great or whatever, you know, that scenario we paint for ourselves. And then we, but we don't want actually want to turn into it and steer into that challenge and say, Hey, look, let's have this conversation. And then who knows what opens up on the other side. And I, most of us are avoiding that. We don't know how to, we don't have, we don't have those skills to turn into that place. That's, confronting and scary and shit. I don't know what she might say. She might be upset with me or it could totally turn into something awesome. It could be a, an amazing place when we both get out of the shallow end of the pool kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I find my my marriage just continues to get better because of this warrior mindset we're talking about because I stopped running from my problems a long time ago and I started to learn to trust them and learn that it was just feedback and I had something to learn. And it was like, cool, there's got to be a lesson in here for me to learn. Um, all right, let me uh, let me see if I can get that. And my life just goes a whole lot better. There's a lot less suffering, like you're saying, if I have that mindset, right? And then I practice behind that mindset. And that's that warriorship I'm talking about.
1: Some guys, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this because a lot of guys are like, well, my wife's not going to do this work, so why should I? Like, she doesn't give a damn. I'm the one that's in the personal growth. I'm in the one that's in the spiritual development or whatever it is, the, whatever path they're on. It's like, She doesn't care about this stuff, so why should I? Do you ever run into that thing where there's this big imbalance between both folks? They've been together for a while, and they're just not on the same—they don't have the same growth mindset?
2: Yeah, totally, and uh, all the time. And if the guy says, why should I bother? Essentially, that guy is giving his wife power over him because he's making her the reason he won't do the work.
1: Now he's the victim, right? He's 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 using her as an excuse—
2: and, yeah uh, it's 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 like do you really want to blame your wife for your unwillingness or inability to develop yourself and be the kind of man you know you can be or want to be really i would I wouldn't hold your wife responsible for that that's just giving her a lot of power I also think it's 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 playing small in the sense that when we don't realize
1: what the the purpose of the relationship is. If it's just about preserving the relationship, then we do a lot of dumb stuff. Then we then yeah. we will get tight. And it's like, well, whatever I got to do to just maintain this relationship. But when we look at, well, what's the purpose of the relationship is to empower us to experience greater joy, experience freedom, aliveness, love and peace in this life. It's like, well, maybe this is an obstacle now. It's time to challenge that. It's time to invite my partner into this what could be the next level of our lives and see if they want to be an ally in that could we be allies to one another. And it might be time to wrap it up. Might be time to put a bow around and say, Hey, it worked for a while. doesn't work anymore, but at least you have that peace of mind. Like, Hey, I tried and I gave it a shot. I invited my partner into this possibility with me. And at least, Hey, you know, if it didn't work out, you're not stuck in this place of, it just seems so, so small to think like, Oh, we've got to do whatever we can to, to preserve the relationship. It's like, so we can be miserable. My grandparents were married 60 something years. People used to be like, oh, that's amazing. It's like, no, they weren't. They were fucking miserable. Totally. You know, it's yeah.
0: not that hard to maintain yeah. a
1: relationship, a miserable relationship, but to, yeah. but to live in alignment with what actually has us feel expansive and be an, be an, enough of an ally to say, you know what? I'm going to get out of your life because I can see where we're just getting in each other's way here. It's like that. Yeah. That's a more loving place than, okay, well we, we got to keep this together because who, who the fuck knows why? Like, because we're counting years yeah. or something.
2: So. Yeah. You're, you're nailing it dude. Exactly. I mean, one of the core human injuries that we have that starts when we're little is this belief that we need to abandon who we are to keep connection. And I call it the core human split. And so adults continue to perpetuate that, you know, into their twenties, thirties, forties and beyond because we are social mammals and we are afraid to be alone. Right? So we would rather belong to the peer group or a partnership than be forty-five and single or fifty and alone. Um, most of us are like that, and so people will stay in miserable relationships to preserve that connection because they just—it's too big of an unknown to go out and say, "Actually, I, I've outgrown this person. It's time for me to move on, and this relationship has has run its course, and I'm going to continue to grow." But you risk losing that friend group, perhaps that the, your partner's associated with. I mean, you're going to rock the boat. Yes. But do you want to make your integrity a lower priority than the relationship and your own fulfillment? Or do you want to continue to put the relationship above yourself and be slightly resentful or mildly resentful for decades? I, I mean, I think the choice is obvious, but I get why guys stay stuck there.
1: Yeah, I want to ha- have appreciation for those guys. They got a lot invested in it. But I, 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 think, I think they just don't have a lot of people in their lives that are leaning into that. Right. Yeah. They probably have surrounded themselves with a lot of other guys that are just like playing not to lose. Don't do anything to screw this up. That becomes the purpose of their lives. And what I mean is, if you looked at the purpose of all their choices throughout their day, it's don't do anything to get uncomfortable. Don't do anything that might be risky to your time, your energy, your money. And don't, anything that, don't do anything that might make you look like a moron or a failure Dude, or a loser. Totally. So that's, yeah. that's their, the guys are like, oh, I want to find my purpose. Like, look at your choices. They're te- they will tell you the purpose of your life. And a lot of guys are like no I don't want to see that that is the purpose of my life is just to make sure I don't lose anything. But that's what most of us are doing. Is that's you, the, you got it. It's not sexy. It doesn't sound good on a resume. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't look good on your fucking status update, you know, or whatever it yeah. is that you put online. But it's like yeah, I just make sure I don't do anything uncomfortable, I make sure I don't do anything to, that that's risky and I just and I sure as hell don't do anything to make me look stupid. And it's like great. Nice to meet you. Not inspiring, right, but that's what most of us are doing, so yeah. it's, it, but when you I think just comes back to what the types of men you surround yourself with are these the guys that are leaning into places that are they're willing to be uncomfortable in service of what's possible they're willing to take risks in service of what's possible, willing to look like a moron from time to time to yeah. fail yeah. in service of what's possible, and if you surround yourself more with those types of guys you you you'll realize like, oh wow, this is possible, and you start to realize. There aren't that many monsters under the bed. We're really usually yeah. afraid of stuff that isn't there. And yeah, it can be tough. We've all been through the tough parts, but we also come back. Like I don't we, don't we don't give ourselves credit for how strong we are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And I would say to that guy too, you you've got to be willing to risk losing something. You can't continue to schlep um all those limiting beliefs up the mountainside and think you're getting somewhere. And when you're really just cutting across kind of horizontally, you know, you're just making a horizontal move up the mountain, thinking you're going up, just trying to preserve everything. Well, no, I I don't want to lose anything. I, my experience, anyone on the growth path in whatever area of life, whether it's health or finance or relationships, there's a cost, you know, the cost to entry, which is your relationships will probably change. And, um, it's kind of the good news and the bad news. The bad news is some of those relationships have have been amazing. And you might lose someone really important to you, but on the other side, you're gonna gain a new person in your life that's incredible. I mean, it's it's like when I met you, for example, like who would have thought I could meet a man of your capability and potential, right? And who you are in my twenties? I wouldn't have known because in my twenties, that's I thought that's the only kind of guy I could surround myself was who I was surrounding myself with. Right. I didn't know there was more. Farther down the line, mm. but mm. thank God I actually made the move, right? But I right. did have to let go of some people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. But and it was true for a lot of the guys that we surrounded ourselves with. We were really fortunate in, in Boulder. But the, the 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 flip side is we sought that out. We didn't fumble totally. into that, right? I was looking. I was like, I want to be surrounded by the most badass guys I can find. And I was I was just on a mission. Like I moved to Colorado. Yeah. Like I'm gonna find these dudes. I want these kind of guys in my life. I was I was really driven by that. So it's not an accident. It's not like oh, I hope I can fit it in on Tuesday night, you know? Right. It was like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing this. No, you super know? intentional. Yeah. Very, very I knew that I knew I knew that I was way more powerful when I surrounded myself with guys like that. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too.
1: Okay. So I'm starting to get what a relational badass is in what we're talking about here. There's a there's um and what, what's this piece around sexual empowerment? There's something on the website about owning your cock. Was is that the term you you used?
2: Um, Being I right might have with used your that. cock. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about kind of owning your cock power. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me unpack that cock power.
1: <laughs> like uh, like a, we talk about like a cock push up, like like
2: <laughs> cock, <laughs> cock pull ups, bro. Cock pull
1: ups. <laughs> I think God Tenacious giggles, D says all you got to do is one. That's it. That's a, You don't have, you don't have to do uh, one is
2: enough. <laughs> 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 right <laughs> so I mean I years ago so I, just to kind of bring some more vulnerability here I don't know if you remember this or not but there was a period of time where I was really struggling with my erections right I was losing my erection or uh-huh. I couldn't get it up and this happened actually really ever since I started having sex in my late teens and um, I had so much shame about it that I never actually asked for help about it until I was 33 years old maybe Okay. And then I finally asked for help. And um, that's when I met David Cates. And I eventually uh, had some sessions with Christiane, who's a mutual friend of ours. Right. And uh, really started to get my shit together. And the thing that I learned uh, that a lot of guys don't know about any kind of sexual dis- quote, dysfunction is that the dysfunction is serving a function. So it's it's not dysfunctional at all. So stop calling it that. And it's some form of intelligence, it's just feedback, right? And my cock started to teach me how fucking sensitive I was. Um, well,
1: let me just push, this, press pause because I want to underline this. this. You just kind of glanced right over. So it's not that there's something wrong. If if you're not getting erection, not that something's wrong. It's, it's information is what I'm hearing.
2: It's information. Okay. Because a
1: lot of guys are like, this is bad. This is wrong. Then there's like this pressure. I can just imagine this pressure. Oh, something's wrong with me. There's a shame. And, and, totally. and we're not listening at that point. It's just like, oh, I want to cover this up or I want to remedy this. And okay. I, I didn't want to glance over that because that was really powerful what you just said, because I just, yeah, I can imagine a lot yep. of guys are out there struggling with that and they don't know how to how to actually get curious about this instead of see them, see themselves as broken or something's wrong.
2: Right. And so, yeah, so I want to encourage you to not read the shit on WebMD, for example, because it's, uh, it's going to pathologize you as having a medical problem. And, and while that might be true in the rare, rare cases, What's more often true and it's lower hanging fruit is to consider that you're a very sensitive guy and that one undulation that's different in her body or the look on her face or her tone of voice, you actually felt it on a neuroceptive level and below your awareness. And you didn't know that you got a little triggered there or a little scared or a little something, a little reactive based on whatever she did or didn't do. And now your cock is like the voice and it's just going. Because your cock is asking you to slow the fuck down, okay. And like, so let's, let's unpack this feel. too.
1: This is big. All right. All right.
2: So, what you're
1: saying is that whether we're aware of it or not, there's an emotional connection to our erection. I think a lot of guys just look at sex and be like, "Get naked, let's fuck, like, let's go," yeah. and yep. kind of expect the the cock to just respond and you're you're inner you're 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 saying that there's another aspect of this of this process which is there's an emotional aspect if we don't feel right emotionally i don't know if that's the correct word if we don't feel aligned or we don't feel at ease emotionally or there's something going on there emotionally if something's not right there. Then that erection is not going to happen. So it's not something that's physically wrong with us, but it might be that we're per- we're perceiving something that might be emotionally off. It doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel right to have sex. Therefore, hey, the the the, the gear doesn't work. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of. You mostly got it. I would add sens- sensory also. So it's emotional and sensory. Something is off with your senses or her senses. The vibe between the two of you, or something is off emotionally. Uh, something like you got. There's a little anger, there's some sadness, who knows hurt, something just hurt your feelings. So it's both sensory or emotional.
1: Okay. Got it. I like that. I think a lot of guys we just don't we just don't we don't connect those things typically. It's just like time yeah. to screw, let's go. Why what let's go? Pump it up. Which let's is why it.
2: Yeah, which is why Viagra and solutions like that make so much sense because uh, this is a problem. It's my cock's fault. I'm just going to take Viagra and make it better, and it works. So, see, problem fixed. I don't have to think about any emotional or sensory problems. But then you missed the feedback, dude. You missed out on this enormous learning opportunity that would deepen your sex life.
1: I'm just imagining a guy—if you told a guy to go stand out on the 50-yard line of the Super Bowl— and pull his pants down and try to get a boner in front of everybody. I wonder how many guys could actually do that, right? Like under that, totally. right? Like just like, think it. like, that's cute. not a very good place sensory wise and emotional wise to try and get aroused. Now I'm sure yeah. there's going to be a few guys out there. Like that's my dream. That's my dream yeah. is to get a boner in front of the the entire world. <laughs> like this
2: friend of mine I had in college. Yeah. <laughs> would have streaked across the 50 yard line. With a, with, a, with a, you know, with
1: a flapping in the wind, but and then there's just, but most of us are like, that's terrifying. That's not a place where we feel at ease. So I just want to like, throw that out there. Like, okay, yeah, I probably would have a, a difficult time getting a boner there. But then we scale it back. It's like, well, wait a second. If, if my, my girlfriend or my wife and I are, have been arguing, if she said something to me and, and she pissed me off last week, or she did something and, she, you know, I'm still pissed off about what happened because she didn't do the, the trash thing or whatever. Well, that, that's going to get in the way. There's nothing, it's gonna show up in our lives and and just be like, hey, wait a second, this is off. I I gotta clear this up before I actually wanna get intimate with you.
2: Yeah, so it could be, like you're saying, historical from yesterday or last week, or it could be in the moment. It's often an in the moment thing. Mm. So, for example, I make an advance at my wife or my girlfriend, whoever I'm with, and if she doesn't respond in the way that my mind sort of had predicted, I might get my feelings hurt and that can happen in nanoseconds so fast. And all of a sudden I'm not hard or I'm losing my erection. I'm like, what just happened? But I keep, or she's just laying there and not really giving me any signals back that she's enjoying what I'm doing. That's another thing that I'm going to interpret as I'm doing something wrong or she doesn't like me or whatever. And all of a sudden the wind gets knocked out of my sails.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's so in that case, like, oh, there's a there's a self-critical element. It's in it's about performance. It's not yep. about enjoyment anymore. It's about how well am I doing and is she enjoying it? And now it's yeah. Yeah, we're not just enjoying yeah. ourselves here.
2: Exactly. So another thing that can throw us off is pacing. I'm going too fast. That's a big one for guys because of the way porn trains us. Like I'm going too fast for an actual attuned sexual connection. Attunement meaning we're kind of in sync, mm-hmm. right? We're kind of rolling at the same time and we're in this kind of flow state. Like following this river of our sexuality, uh, we're off. Something is off. That's another thing that will kick uh, guys guy's in erection into low gear and just kind of be like, and he'll okay. power down, you know? Okay.
1: I imagine this, so this is a lot more com- common than we hear about, but they're, but, oh, yeah. but guys are thinking there's something wrong with their, with their physical bodies and therefore they're not, you know, powerful men or something when actually they just need to slow down and listen to themselves and say, what's off here? What what am I needing here? What's what's in the way? What do I need to address before I want to go forward?
2: Yeah, yeah. And the, the last one I just want to throw in here and I'll add on to what you just said is is a head-heart issue. So, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past of of if we can be with a woman, if we can be both, yeah, it's okay to be in your head, but more in your heart, especially during sex. The sex can get pretty intense and wild and crazy if you stay in your heart. Like it's kind of like anything goes right? But the moment you pop into your head, you're no, you've lost that connection to your heart. And now that typically means your connection with a woman is limited. It's compromised because you're now thinking about what to do, right? Or what the technique is, or what's going to turn her on or what's going to turn you on. And now you're thinking about it instead of being in it. And I got stuck there, dude, for years.
1: Oh, well, I got stuck in when I first was with Allison. I was like, so I actually could feel, really feel my heart. I was really heart connected to her, and she was different than the women that I've been attracted to. I was kind of used to younger, kind of princessy types, and a little bit drama and that kind of stuff. And Allison was such an adult with me, and I had such a like an emotional uh, connection with her that for a while, sexually, I, I had to catch up. I had to like do some growing yeah. up. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, "Gosh, is this right? Is this off? Like, we blah 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 like." And I just really had a, a, a real challenge with that, learning how to actually have my turn on and at the same time feel emotionally connected to her. And there's, you know, for a lot of guys, they call it the Madonna whore complex, which is, hey, here's the woman that I love. And then over there's the girl that I fuck. And right. those aren't the two, those aren't the same women, right? They, we kind of have this, whether it's shame or we've got some kind of cultural shit that comes in, but essentially we've created a separation there. Um, and, and it can make us, we can, we can create a story that something's wrong. We can create a story yeah. that, oh, yeah. that something's wrong with us or something's wrong with our partner and instead of like learning how to lean in and, and go, Hey, wait a second. I want to have a great heart connection with that. I love you. And I care about you a lot. And I also want to have some great sex. I want to be able to find that awesome, you know, curiosity yeah. and playfulness that, that I may have found in, in comfortable situ- situations with women that I felt less vulnerable with. I want to be able to have that with you too. So, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, that, that was a, that was a big challenge for me early on in the relationship I had with Allison.
2: Yeah, totally. So, so exactly. We're just talking about the head heart connection from whatever it is, what maybe you're a guy who's more in your head, or maybe you're a guy who's more in your heart. Either way, there can be a, a catching up or a, an attunement process with yourself and with your partner that I think is really essential to having your cock just kind of, again, be rock solid and perform in the way you want. But to me, it's like a deep connection I have to have with myself. Mm -hmm. And for guys that are like, don't even know what that language is like, it's like, yeah, there's, there's gonna be a learning curve, but you can imagine, um, it's probably going to feel better. Like imagine a woman when you're a disconnected guy, she's kind of having sex with like a half person or a bot or something, or a guy trying to do something to her versus a man who's inhabiting himself. That's a, that's a different kind of sexual encounter
1: hmm Yeah. And in that 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 sense of I'm here. I care for you. I want you. I desire you. And I want to ravish you. Like I just want to put my mouth all over you. That kind of thing. Instead yeah. of like, oh, you're my lover and I'm going to treat you very daintily and carefully right. now. And that kind of she's like, oh come right. on, just fuck me. Right. Like there's that <laughs> yeah. that that kind of thing, right? Like don't put me yeah. on a pedestal. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. learning how to navigate that 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 terrain.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I always encourage guys to like talk about it openly. If you're with a good woman, She's going to appreciate that versus you posturing over it and pretending like it's not going on.
1: Yeah. She'll feel it. She knows something's yeah. up. She knows yeah. something's up. Man, I'm, I'm excited for you. This is a really cool program. I wish this had been around, She's 15, 20, 20,
2: <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: 25. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm grateful you're doing this work, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing this.
2: Yeah. Thanks. It's definitely for my former self and all the guys out there that, you know, just need help here. I mean, it's, and it's okay to get the help, ask for help, continue to listen to these types of podcasts. and um, uh, To me, more and more women are wanting guys uh, that actually do the work or work on themselves and, and pay attention to, to themselves and have themselves as a developmental process. Like, yeah, I want to work on this weakness of mine or I want to look in the mirror and take responsibility for this pain in my life. That's really attractive as, as long as you, especially if, as long as you're not collapsing into a shame pile about it and you're dealing with it, that's the warrior again. It's, that's attractive. I think a lot of women want that now. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you, Trip, for just speaking to the brothers out there in the way that you do and, and reaching so many people with your message and helping so many men.
1: You can learn more about Jason's relationship program for men by visiting relationshipschool.com slash newman. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks
2: for listening.